0: Welcome to Practice That, Podcasts for the Practice Manager. Today's Tuesday, the 24th of November, 2021. I'm Ann Davis with the RACGP and with me once again is Vanessa James McPhee. She's going to be talking to us about taking and cashing out of annual leave. Vanessa is the Principal Consultant and Workplace Advisor at Health Industry Employment Services. She has many years of working with medical practices, and she's a valuable source of information and advice in all things workplace and employment. Vanessa, thank you for coming and joining us again. Thank you for having me, Anne. So just a reminder that Vanessa is providing general information, and it's important to seek advice for your individual situations. Annual leave, we tend to think of as just one of those routine activities that we facilitate for employees, but there are some nuances which you've raised, and I'm really pleased that we're going to talk about cashing out, but before we do, before we talk about cashing out of annual leave, could you just give us some general information about requirements around annual leave?
1: That's a really good starting point, Anne. So the entitlement to annual leave comes from the National Employment Standards, which forms part of the Fair Work Act. And that's the piece of legislation that governs the employers and employees in the national system here in Australia. So a little bit of an asterisk to that. So if we do have any uh, sole traders in WA, uh, there are different rules and regulations that relate to you. So under the National Employment Standards, All employees, except for casual employees, get paid annual leave. As a starting point, full time and part time employees get four weeks of annual leave every year based on their ordinary hours of work. In addition to the NES, modern awards like the Health Professional and Support Services Award and the Nurses Award provide for other conditions relating to annual leave, such as the payment of annual leave loading and Based on our conversation today, the cashing out of annual leave as well. And essentially, the terms of the modern awards and the national employment standards need to be read together to get the whole picture of what a person's entitlement to annual leave is. And just to give a few snapshots of what annual leave is as well, it accumulates from the first day of employment, even if the employee is in their probationary period. Annual leave accumulates gradually during the year and any unused annual leave will roll over from one year to the next year. Annual leave is then paid out upon termination of employment for any accrued and unused annual leave as well. Annual leave accumulates when an employee is on other paid leave, such as when they take annual leave or they're on paid sick and carer's leave. It also accumulates... When they're on community service leave including jury duty and long service leave. Annual leave does not accumulate when the employee is on unpaid leave such as leave without pay, unpaid sick leave and carers leave, parental leave or unpaid family and domestic violence leave. It's also important to note and for practices to double check with their workers compensation insurers Because in some states, annual leave can still continue to accrue when someone's on workers' compensation. So it's important to check that as well.
0: So the key documentation is the award and the national employment standards. And I didn't realise that someone may actually accrue annual leave whilst they're on workers' compensation leave so that's interesting. Let's have a look at the awards. Can you tell us about how much leave individuals accrue under the different awards, the HPSS award and the nurses award?
1: So we we heard earlier that under the National Employment Standards the minimum amount of annual leave that someone accrues is four weeks. So for staff covered by the HPSS award the annual leave entitlement is in accordance with the National Employment Standards, which means their health professional and support services staff accrue four weeks or 20 days of annual leave throughout each year of their continuous service based on their ordinary hours of work. For our nursing team though, the Nurses' Award states that in addition to the National Employment Standards entitlement of four weeks, our nurses are entitled to an additional week of annual leave, which means our nurses accrue a total of five weeks of annual leave for each year of service. Although, depending upon the hours of operation of individual practices, for example, if a practice is regularly open on Sundays and public holidays, and of course staff are rostered to work regularly on Sundays and public holidays, they may then be considered a shift worker, under the award and the national employment standards, in which case they're entitled to an additional week's annual leave. So if that's the case, a shift worker under the nurses award would be entitled to six weeks of annual leave and a shift worker under the HPSS award would be entitled to five weeks.
0: And I'm just remembering what George said in another podcast, he was emphasising the importance of the person that um, does the payroll needs to really understand the awards and what the engagement of those individuals are. So that's supporting that again. So, Vanessa, thank you. So we've got some understanding of an employee's entitlement to annual leave. Let's move to cashing out. What does cashing out of annual leave actually mean?
1: So cashing out of annual leave means an employee receives the payment for annual leave instead of actually taking the time off. And cashing out of annual leave is certainly one way for a staff member to get the cash, assist them if they're needing to meet any financial obligations or commitments. Uh, It's also a way for practices to assist them in managing their leave liability. So rather than having a number of staff who've got excessive leave accrued and just having that amount sitting on their books, essentially then it allows them to, with the employee's agreement, to reduce that liability by a certain amount as well to assist them. But it's certainly no substitute for staff taking a well-deserved break and time away from the practice to rest, relax and rejuvenate. We all know how busy private practices are generally and with the pressures of the pandemic that momentum has certainly increased so with that in mind it's important not only for our own health and well-being but that of our staff to take a proper break from the workplace taking a annual leave is a chance where we can put our smart devices and brains and switch them off and not actually think about work for a little bit and give ourselves that opportunity to, rest, reset, re-energise and reconnect with those things that make us happy. And in fact, research has suggested that taking annual leave for holiday purposes can boost workplace productivity, improve mental health and extend our life. And I think
0: they're all things that we aspire for. And I really appreciate your comments about staff actually needing to take leave. So just on that Firstly, does a practice have to offer cashing out of leave? And then secondly, how does staff go about doing that?
1: So in relation to cashing out of annual leave for our health professional and support staff and our nursing staff, our point of reference is the relevant modern award. And in that award, it does clearly say that the cashing out of annual leave is at the mutual agreement of the parties. So if the practice potentially is not in the financial position or the cash flow isn't there, then they can refuse to cash out the annual leave.
0: So the, the key thing there is that, yes, it is at, at mutual agreement. And I guess we don't want, as an employer, you don't want to have someone cashing out all their annual leave and not taking any leave at all.
1: That's exactly right and, in fact, the, the modern awards have contemplated that and that's why they've set out um, some parameters as to when annual leave can actually be cashed out. So for our employee doctors out there, the ability to cash out annual leave and the parameters around how that is done is covered by the National Employment Standards. Whereas for our health professional and support staff staff, We're, of course, referring to the HPSS award. And for our nurses, it's the nurses' award. And both of those documents allow the staff member to cash out annual leave. There are some awards out there that don't permit it, and where that's the case, you're not allowed to. You're only allowed to cash out annual leave if the industrial instrument allows you to do so. And when we look to each of those awards, Generally speaking, the cashing out is allowed so long as the employee retains at least four weeks annual leave after the cashing out. So if I've got six weeks of annual leave accrued, I'm only allowed to cash out two weeks of it and I then need to keep that four weeks with the intent that I then take that time off and have that real break from the workplace. One of the other criteria is that the... Payment for cashed out annual leave must be the same as what the employee would have been paid if they actually took the time
0: away from the workplace as well. So does that mean the annual leave loading? Is that what that means? That's correct. So the
1: annual leave loading
0: that's prescribed
1: under the award or the way in which it should be paid should be applied in this situation when the annual leave is cashed out. An employer can't force or pressure an employee to cash out annual leave and as we mentioned earlier, it really needs to be done with mutual agreements So both the practice and the individual need to agree to the cashing out. So there must be a written agreement with the employer. For staff that are covered by the Modern Award, it does actually limit how much they can cash out per year and that limit is two weeks per calendar year. So that way then, again, it ensures that the staff member has sufficient leave owing to them that they can then take
0: at some time to get a break from the workplace. I was just thinking about what you were saying about the requirement for a written agreement. I'm thinking in these more modern times, does that actually include email or even a text message? It certainly does. So it's
1: pleasing to see that the Awards and Industrial Relations Commission does actually acknowledge that we are in this modern day where a lot of the time our staff members might email us a request to cash out annual leave or send us a text message rather than actually filling out a paper form. So the key thing is with the cashing out of annual leave and that written agreement is that There is some form of trail where the parties both agree to the cashing out and whether that trail is through an actual piece of paper or an email exchange or a text message, that still ticks the box and satisfies the requirement for a written agreement. That agreement also needs to include the amount of leave being cashed out, the amount that will be paid the employee, so the dollar figure that they'll walk away with, the date that the cashed out annual leave will be made. And in the event that the employee is under 18, it must also be co-signed uh, by a parent or guardian. So for record keeping purposes, that uh, email exchange between the practice and individual, that then constitutes the signature um, between the parties whereas if you had a piece of paper the individuals would each sign in sort of a, a nominated field and that agreement with all of the requisite information is then considered to be a time and wages record for the purposes of the Fair Work Act and the employer needs to then keep a copy of that agreement for at least seven years Another good tip is also to give a copy of the agreement to your staff member, particularly if it is a piece of paper, so at least then they've got a record of their agreement to cash out in the event that there are disputes down the track about how much leave someone has
0: owing to them. And I think you're right in um, going through that specific information, making sure that each of those elements are part of the agreement. I mean, it's just good management. It's good documentation. But sometimes we need to be reminded that, yeah, we need to do these things. Vanessa, that's been really useful. Very informative. Thank you so much. Thanks again, Anne. It's always good to speak with you. That brings us to the end of this podcast. Till next time, goodbye and be kind to each other.